It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. The number one shoe machine on the market. We own three of them. And I can tell you personally, even before they came, became sponsors, their customer service is second to none. Um, you know, every time I've had any issues with any of my machines, going back to the way old ones, they've always taken really good care of me. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com. Oh, and mention, uh, mention us and they'll give you $450 off. Mention Coach Collins or Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $450 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, you know, we always tell our players that they should be working on their craft. I challenge you to work on your craft. Come over, join a community of like-minded coaches who want to make this game better. It's the reason I started Teach Hoops is to help pay the bills for all these podcasts, but even more importantly, to give back um, to this great game that has given me so much um, and to set up a roadmap for you to be successful, not only on the court, but off the court. And we offer a 14 day free trial. So come over and check, kick the tires around, see if you like it. And uh, let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Coach, we'll try not. My last, I, I was talking to a coach from Ireland. You'll have to listen to it. Okay. And he, he broke the record. So we will not go two plus hours tonight. Because <laughs> okay. that's how long him and I went. But um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. What I, what I have people do is kind of introduce themselves. So Sean will do that. He'll introduce himself. And then I want you to give like a bio, kind of your synopsis of your coaching career. And then we'll jump into some of the practice planning and, and some of that other stuff. So let the audience know where you are. I, I, I picked up on the Boston accent when we were doing <laughs> yes, the, the pre-interview here. But you, you, you explain where you came from, kind of where you are now and, and all that for the audience. Well, first of all, thanks for, you know, having me on, Steve. I, you know, I 
I just love, you know, talking basketball. And, you know, my name's Sean Doherty, and uh, I was born and raised in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, right outside of Boston. And um, I kind of grew up there till I was like 31 years old. And I was lucky enough to play Division three basketball um, at uh, Worcester State College, Division three school in the, Mass, in the MassCat Conference. And I was a point guard there. And then I went on and started my coaching career um, actually there with the head coach, Tom Moore, who's now at UConn. Um, and then um, I left Worcester State and ended up going to uh, Assumption College, Division II school in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, it was great. I was at Assumption College in the NE10, which is a, one of the best conferences in the country for Division II. And uh, I was there for four years and had, you know, great, got my master's degree in education from there. And then uh, I, you know, applied for a job at um, Holy Cross College. A guy named Ralph Willie got the job at Holy Cross. And Ralph used to be with Rick Pitino and he... I was up, you know, Jim Beheim and he coached Pittsburgh. So I, um, I applied and I got the job and I was like the third assistant at Holy Cross. And every year I was there, one of the other assistants left and I kind of became Ralph's associate head coach after three years. And, um, it was great. We won three, uh, three championships there at Holy Cross and played Kansas, Kentucky and Marquette and the NCAA tournaments. Um, so it was a great experience. And then I, uh, I went down to Western Kentucky and I went with Darren Horn, um, you know, who uh, was coach South Carolina for a while. Yep. He was assistant Marquette. He got the job, Darren. So I was with Darren for a while there. And um, then I decided to take a head job, a head division three job. So I was with Darren for about less than a year. And um, a division three job opened up in the MASCAC at Salem State College, where I played as a player. I played in that Wichita State Conference. So I decided to be, come back home, come back to Boston. Salem, Mass is right outside of Boston. The Salem okay. Witches there, you know, the other, yep. you know, that's the big thing. And um, I came back and I was a head Division three coach, and I was that a Division three coach for four years. And um, I loved being my, you know, I was my own boss, and it was first time I ever became the head coach. And we had a great, we won four championships there, and um, I had a great, you know, success there. That's for sure, like you know, over a hundred wins, um, and it was just fun. And then. My old height, my old college coach ended up getting a job at Quinnipiac University. And he called me up and he's like, Hey, I want you to come. So with where's me. that one? Everything you've I followed everything up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> Quinnipiac is a division one school in the Mass Cat in the in the, in the in the Mac and it's in um it's in Hamden, Connecticut, right okay. beside Yale University, about ten miles away from Yale. Okay, okay. And I'll okay. tell you when I was recruiting for them, that was the same exact when I go out to Wisconsin or I go out to anywhere, they'd be like, Quinna what? Quinna who? It's is almost sounds our- like to be honest with you, it almost sounds like a Canadian like Quint yeah Winnipeg or win it's like exactly. almost like Canadian yeah okay they're really well known for hockey right now they've okay. uh, they've, they've gone to the final four division one in hockey um and in basketball we you know when we were there we started off in the NEC which is like Sacred Heart Central Connecticut Robert Morris LIU yeah that was the league and then uh we ended up going on into the MAC conference which has Siena um you know uh Iona Manhattan yep. which is a much bigger conference right so, you know, it was a little bit tougher. And then what happened was the new AD came in after 10 years, got rid of us. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of a decision making. It was the first time in my life I've ever been let go. Right. And, um, you know, I've been, now I'm like, you know, my forties and I'm like, Oh, you know, mid forties. Oh, like, it's like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> right. And you know, my, the old assistant who was with me at the time is this head coach at Indiana, Archie Miller. Another guy who was an assistant with me was at uh, Iowa state. Um, William small when he was at Western. Okay. He's, he's, like, he's dropping some names here. Like, Holy no, but God. I'm like, yeah. I'm, no, thinking I'm that, that's serious though. They're legit. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, yeah. you know, uh, I was in the same office yeah. as Archie. Me yeah. and Archie shared an office together. And, right. you know, 
William was right down yeah. the hall with me. We were on the same staff. Right. So I was like, um, do I move my whole family across the country to one of those schools and try and jump on with one of them? Or do I, you know, my son's high school, my son was a freshman in high school and okay. his job, the job opened up there at Hamden Hall. It's yeah. a small prep school right here in Hamden where I was coaching for the last 10 years. I right. was division one coach at Hamden, uh, Quinnipiac. And right. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I coach my son for the next couple of years? So instead of jumping back into Division One across the country and moving my family again, I decided let's coach my son. And I've had a great experience. And this is going into my, this is going into my fourth year now. Yeah, I've been with him since freshman year. So we've, I've had three years now with him at Hamden Hall. It's a uh, small prep school in the in the in the Nepsap And who Park. does that prep school play? We play like uh, Marianapolis, St. Luke, St. Thomas More, okay. Um, okay. you know, uh, you know, Middlebury, yep. uh, you know, like, you know, like there's a bunch of like small. And do you get, do you, do you do post, do you do PG or you do? We don't, uh, it's only okay. high school, but we do reclassification kids. So a lot of kids come to me and want to do their junior year over and okay. leaving a, a, leaving a, hot, a regular uh, public school. They okay. come and they say, Hey, we're gonna, I'd like to go there and do a reclass year. Okay. Um, and so, you know, this, there's some good and the bad with that. And some people right. suggest them to go and stay until you graduate, then go to year prep school. Other kids want to reclass when they're freshmen or sophomore. Well, my son's trying to figure out if he needs a gap year too. Yeah. It's like, it's, who knows? Like, it's, it, <laughs> really, it really is different for every kid, I think. It um, is. It is. I think it really is. So a couple things. Okay. So first of all, what was it like to play Division Three and coach Division Three? So that's the first question I have for you. Well, you know, I'll tell you, playing Division Three, I was a, you know, I was a point guard, um, and you know, it was, it, it's funny because when I was in high school, basketball was everything to me, and and you know, like it was right. like. And I was like practicing all summer long from eight in the morning until the lights went out at the park right. at 11 o'clock at yeah. night. And then when I got to college, I thought I could kind of drift and just, you know, I got into the whole, like, you know, I'm a college basketball player, yeah. started meeting girls. Right. Out. And so yeah. I didn't focus as much as I wish I did on my college preparation. You know, now that I've been a coach, all these, I realized what I did wrong when I was a player. So I was kind of like a backup, you know, point guard yeah. for all those years. And um, it was fun playing, and we had some great experiences, and I love my teammates. But I don't think I ever got the best of what I could have been. And, and I played D3, too. It, there's, a, there's a love for the game you get at D3. Oh, yeah. There's no glory. No, like, no. I played in my high school gym filled more than my – I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah. So <laughs> – um, cause I went to a big high school. It's like, we'd have put two, 3000 in and then I'd go to college. It'd be like, we get 400, you know, oh, without a doubt. I was just like, I was the same thing. I was, just yeah, you, you, you play, there's a difference. There's a love of the game. Um, so Holy cross Patriot league, great league, great Crazy. league. It's like, it's like a mini Ivy. Like, you without know, you have doubt. obviously the NASDAQ where my son's going, but then yep. you've got that one, which is a really good league. I think it's the, the Patriot league's under we were, uh, you know, we came into that league when I got, when I got there, uh, they did a book, uh, John Feinstein did a book. And, I've read uh, that book. It's a great book. Yeah. yeah it's funny. If you ever go into the acknowledgements at the very end, I'm in there and it says, you know, acknowledgement says, and Sean Darty in, yes, you too, Sean. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's always make fun of me. Like I would have, Hey, you gotta put me in the book. You gotta put me in the book. book. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's, um, it's, 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 I mean, his son was looking at it for just school. wasn't, yeah. oh, I go there. I won't eat. It's like a Colgate and some of those schools. Unbelievable. You gotta be a student. Like you, you oh, go to those schools unless you're a student. 
I'll tell you, I can tell you some stories about some of the recruits we brought in for the academics and bringing them down to the admissions department. It was, it was hysterical. Um, I'll give you a good one. We brought this one kid from New York in, and I was like, all right, listen, we're going down to the admissions interview right now. Like, you got to be on point here. The admissions lady's no joke. She's going to ask you questions. Like, you know, you know make right. sure you understand. I told him all this stuff. <laughs> And she said, you know, this is the true story. Kid came out. I said, how'd it go? He goes, all right. I thought he'd go. So I, I asked him, Michigan, I go, what do you think? She goes, well, Sean, I'm not too good. He goes, I asked him what the last book he read. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, I don't read books. I was oh, like, my oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy cross. I'm like, well, we can take him off the old recruiting list. I can. I'll tell you, holy cross, because that was on my son's list. I can tell you, they wanted, for the financial aid stuff I needed to fill out, they wanted literally to know what my great ancestors made oh. and where is that third nickel that you said you had oh they swear to god not. it was more pay in my my son i think it was like by the time it was done like 18 schools there were, there were ivy little ivies the patriot league it wasn't they were in a they're in a different class for what they asked for it's like are you what do you want like you want right. my firstborn child like they were <laughs> asking for more things than any human being should ever want i could see how people would give up like, oh, yeah, I'm not they, doing this. You're not going to. It was hard to get in. We had to be real specific with the type of recruit we went after. We used to um, pre-qualify kids. Uh, you know, Ralph was a stickler on making sure that we, you know, we went to Jesuit schools and we pre-qualified kids and made sure right. they had the SATs and the transcript prior to coming in. And there was a lot of background checking. The, the only thing I've thought about is like coaching in the NASDAQ, coaching in the Patriot, coaching the Ivy, is you basically, here's your pool. Like, yeah. You can see a kid in Indiana on a July day, and you go, I can't even look at that kid. Like, oh, not a your pool is this 10%, maybe 5%, 10, 5, that I can even look at these kids. Like, exactly. So I think that in some respects, you're probably all fighting for the same kids. That's exactly what it was. We were fighting against the Dartmouth and all the time and against the right. uh, Patriot League and yeah. you know, all, all the schools and uh, the NEPSAC, you know, NEPSAC, NEPSAC school. So it was right. It was Right. And then what the problem is the NASDAQs are trying to grab one of yours that you can give a scholarship. They're trying to grab them because yep. they can't give a scholarship. It's like this whole to grab the one above it, the Ivy, you know? Yeah. And you guys are trying to get the Ivy and then the yeah, Ivies are trying to grab a Duke kid or yeah, a really, yeah. yeah. Or like a Stanford. It's like, Oh, I know. But yeah. it's, it, it, it's interesting. I think in the sense that if you're at Michigan or Michigan state, you're, you basically have the pool of the world. Like, Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. In your it was also great because you got to get to coach kids who really got it. You know what I mean? And I loved – that was my four years of kind of like really becoming a coach because, first of all, Ralph Willie was phenomenal. Right. Um, he was a stickler for the little things, and he was uh, maniacal on – you know, he was a Rick Pitino disciple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and he kind of like almost taught Rick some of his stuff. So, like, he was – we, you know, we had early morning, all the things you can imagine. We had early morning individuals at, you know, 6, 6 a.m. And, you know, you had to be there for 5.30, dressed and ready. And, you know, we went through a hard workout. And then, you know, late night study hall, you know, just you name it, we did it. Film and break down effort stats. The effort stats were phenomenal, like breaking down a kid's tape and showing it to them. It's, it's you know, the stuff I learned. The one thing the Patriot doesn't have, the, the Ivy, the Ivy, and I've talked to Dave about this, the Ivy is like, my, the kid we were talking about, Chris, he was going to do um, a sex fifth. Ever. I don't know what's happening now. This summer, he was doing an internship. There oh, yeah. was nothing going on this summer. They shut them down. That, that hurt. That like, game. there's no, like, no. individual, like, it. No. So the Patriot League probably isn't quite like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, the connection is a little bit bigger. When you're an Ivy League kid, you're a little bit different. But I'll yeah. tell you, those the Patriot League schools, the, like the Holy Cross guys, they, 
they, they stick together. If you're a Holy Cross alum, there's alums oh, yeah. out there that'll give you jobs and they want to hire Holy Cross guys. I so. told my, I told my son, I said, the school, you, you could have gone to a lot of schools, but he's going to Middlebury. I said, the problem is you're, you're middle. Once you get through there, you're a Middlebury kid. Exactly. So all of a sudden now other Middlebury people will know you. Like, exactly. That's, yeah. And that's how you're going to get your job down the road. It'll be someone that'll hire him because of that. Yeah. It's the um, advice I give all my senior athletes. As I said, when you go to college every day, meet a new person, connect with somebody because you don't ever know which one is going to open that door up. Um, and you, you, some of your best friends will be that one person in that one class that you just connected with. You never know. Um, all right. So let's go, let's jump into the practice stuff, coach. I'd love to talk about that. So let's, uh, let's have you share the screen here and jump into practice. Let's talk, let's do that. Let's do the first one that you were talking about that PowerPoint. Let's just go through real quick, you know, kind of your, your summary of practice. Then maybe we can talk about a practice. Yep. All right. Let me, um, you want the summary of the, you want the summary? Yeah, let's do that one first. Let's do that one first. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Um, You know, I just, I showed this a couple times out to, you know, some people. I think it's important. You know, you you just got to have a plan of like um, when you're running your practice practice planning. Yep. You know, I think there's important things to have. And I think you got like, first of all, you got to be really organized. Um, you know, I think you got to meet with your staff and go over, you know, your plans each day. And if you don't have a staff, just make sure you have a plan. And how much time like, do you spend on a practice plan? You know, I probably, you know, it's, it's, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years now. So yeah. I probably spend a half an hour. Um, you know what I mean? When I was younger, I probably spent a little bit when I was first doing my first job at Salem state there, I probably did an hour, an hour and a half, but yeah. you know, I, I sent it to my coaches after because they're all teachers. So I sent it to them and they look it over, give me a couple things. I go back, edit it and say, Oh yeah, I should have added that in good point. So I think that's important to do. I think you have to have that. I think it has to be right. And then I, I show it to the players. Like when I get there, I post it. So they see it, what's going to go on today. So I put right. it up in the locker room when we get there so they can see what that kind of like the practice is. And, and is there a specific time that you do it? Like, especially now being a high school coach, do you? Yeah. Um, we usually have practices like our kids go to school until two fifty, and okay. then they take a bus over to our, we have a, like a $10 million practice facility. It's really nice. Three okay. courts, beautiful. It's Beckerman center. Okay. Dave Beckerman who started the starter corporation of the basket, you know, the jacket starter. Yep. Yep. He had a lot of money. He used to be the coach here for 20 years. And okay. he, built, he built this facility called the Beckerman center. So the kids leave the school like two fifty, and they come over to the Beckerman center. And um, then I do study hall from three to four and I just okay. have them stay in a room and, you know, like, you know, kind of like the uh, lunchroom there and they just okay. re, you know do some study hall. But then that's where I show the practice plan to have it up. And then we go on the court every night from four to six. Okay. So, 
four to okay. six at that time. And that gives the time for the teachers who teach my coach assistants to get there. And yeah, yeah. Like, that's the hard part. I know. And then do you, do you do your practice plan for the next day that night or do you wait till the no, next No, I kind of do it the next, you know, next morning and, you yeah. know, talk about it. Then I send it to them an email and the email will be back. Or sometimes I'll do it at night. Depends on how, we, how it really goes. I used people. to do it at night, but I like to dwell on it. I think I dream about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, because it's like, oh, that didn't go well. And do you tape yeah. your practices? Um, we, I started doing that, but then I realized, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm the only one watching them and like going over it. And I, <laughs> I'm like, cause it used to be like in college, like, you know, we have the other assistants, the kids, the right. players and the high school level is like, it's me. You, me. It's, like, it's the I'm exact same coach. And I'm like, and to get managers to help out to do it like that. I'd rather have the manager running the clock than running the film. Up yeah. top. And you know, so it's kind of like, I got away from it. Um, I did start doing that, but I like. I got, I, you know, you got to get one of the automated recorder things like VR. Yeah, I know. Those are expensive. They, they are expensive. That. Yeah. It is. And they, and they, and they do just, do that? I do. We just got one about a year or two ago. Um, and it's really nice. It's like, and the thing is what I'll do is I won't watch the whole practice, but it's like, I'll, I'll be home, I'll eat dinner. And then I'll start thinking about like, Oh crud, we didn't do that very well. So let me go, I'll go back and watch that drill. It'll right. be me, it, and you're right. It's 97 percent probably me and one of my assistants. But yeah, yeah. Um, I oh. just like it from that standpoint. Or oh wow, we did really well. Remember that one thing we were working on? Let's go back and look at that. What was that doing? That's right. where it's nice to have it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's it's not like I'm throwing the ball or kicking anything at him. There's nothing on there that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that. I like. I have all my practices open to my parents. I I encourage every parent that comes to every practice. And where do your parent, where do your kids tend to be local? Yeah. Um, they all within a, um, they're all within a half an hour distance cause it's a day school only. They don't have no, uh, Oh, okay. Okay. You know, so it's all, you know, they, I mean, it's, there's no uh, overnight kids, so it's all commuting. So okay, it's all parents coming so. to pick them up. And I just always thought like a parent's there, like, why are they sitting in the car waiting? I said, please just come in and watch the last yeah. half an hour. Get you, if I want to, I want to watch my kid play ball for a little while. So right. honest, I, I have my kids, parents come in all the time and sit in stands. I just tell them, make sure they don't go crazy, you know, and be loud, right. you know, <laughs> so, yell at them. Yeah. Okay. But, let's um, keep going. I, and, you know, then I, I talk about, like, having making sure my staff all have a firm firm understanding of the plays and the drills that we're okay. going to cover. I think yep. that's important. Like, a lot of times, I, I shouldn't be the only one who knows what the drill is about. So that's right. why I send it to the coaches early and say, hey, if you don't know the drill, let me know and we'll go over it. Right. I don't want, you know, oh, when you come in early, you know, like, we'll talk about it during study hall so you kind of understand. Because right. I might like, have to do something. They have to run it. I don't want to be embarrassed by, you know, my staff not knowing. Right. And it shows that everybody's on the same page. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, I think that's important. Okay. Um, I think the warm-ups are important. Like, nowadays, the kids, back in our day, you know, used to be right over left. You know, like, right. I'm across, I'm yeah. across. All right, let's go. Play ball. Right. You know, like. Today, I think you got to give the kids a little bit more dynamic warm-up. They used to like some plyometrics, so I'm having a routine. And that's one thing we did when I was uh, at the end of my years at Quinnipiac. We had the um, the Navy SEALs come in and do a SEAL training program. Oh, my gosh. And it was a three-day program. And I'll tell you, it was unbelievable accountability and leadership. And uh, if anybody could have a chance to have a part of that or watch that on film or whatever, you really should because if you're a coach, it just they just talk about – leadership and the dynamics of it and one of the big things was the warm-up and how they have one leader and he would you know he'd say oh you know uh, all right you know knees to chest half court and back 
ready, and then the whole group in a line would have to say ready, and then he say attack, and then they say they say attack, and it looked just so good. They were all on the same page. The leader stepped up, told them what the drill was. They all went out and they went to half court and they came back. And then the leader get out and he say, "All right, you know, next one, butt kicks, ready." And they all yell, "Ready!" And they, if you, you as a coach, you gotta if the one kid wasn't saying ready, you went down there and you ripped into him because you gotta be part of the you know the group, right? All on the leader. And uh, you know, I was all about that. And I'll tell you, like the kids loved it. You know, like as I said, you know, like they did this eight minute dynamic warm ups. You know, like play. You know, uh, you know. Um, all the different ones. And uh, it was great. You know, I think the kids really enjoyed it. So I think that's important. And I said, I think, uh, you know, running the clock is important. If you have a clock in your gym, yeah. you should have that because, and keep the drills short, you know, like too many coaches, I go watch a lot of practices and they'll be like, all right, nine minutes of this. And the kids are like, after minute two, they're like, you know, done. No. So here's what I tell people when I go out and talk too. It's like, we live in a Snapchat world, people. TikToks, the longest a TikTok is, is a minute. And most of them are 15 seconds. So yeah. if you think you're keeping their attention for nine to 10 minutes, yeah, you're not. <laughs> that's, not that, that's all that UB Brown practice stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I love watching. I, I watch UB Brown a couple times. Anybody get a chance to watch UB Brown on uh, talking about practice? He is phenomenal. Like, I'm okay. talking, like, off the charts. Like, he says, make sure you come in with a cue card. Make sure every drill is three to five minutes. He's, he's, uh, he's, right, he's right on point. I love oh. that. I do. Hubie's got some great stuff. I agree. Oh my God. He's like, man, talk about a genius to basketball back in the day. Um, you know, and then, you know, obviously I think you, you have your practices start early, you know, like a, a longer early in the year and then taper them down to make sure to taper it down. Yeah. And then, um, you you're know, down to an hour 15 and in, in, is that total an hour 15 at the and very cutting end, film? Um, that is cut when they came in and, you know, at the end of my practice late February, like, yeah. Cause you know, I hate to say it, but, I'd only play like probably eight, nine guys. I didn't want to get them hurt. So right. I, I thought an hour, an hour and 15 minutes was good enough. And we, okay. you know, we, we keep it simple and we go through it. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I started early on, it would be two, two and a half hours, but then by the end, it's an hour and 15. And I'll tell you right now, when I was at Quinnipiac, same thing, hour and 15, hour and a half at the most in late February at Holy Cross, Ralph Willard, hour and 15, hour and a half. So a lot of Division One guys doing the same thing. They taper it down. It was three hours to start, and by the end, they would do an hour fifteen, an hour and a half. I love so, that. I do that too. I love that. Yeah, um, and I think that you know you got to know that practice is where you create new winning culture. You know, so I think you have to have accountability for all segments, um, winners and losers. As much as you can do, winners. Kids love that. I mean, I don't care what drill you're doing. If you can get a winners and losers, kids love busting on their teammates. That was the fun part of like, when yeah. I played. Yeah, like, yo, get on the line. You know what I mean? Leaders got you. And then, you know, like. It doesn't matter. From from someone that's done this a long time, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, no, it really doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and the thing is, sometimes it depends on the seat part of the season, too. Early in the season, you might run. Late in the season, you might do five burpees. Exactly. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. Like if they're doing a contest versus another player, I'll say you have to do five burpees. And you have to say three nice things about the person you beat. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to support us, go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better. Also, subscribe and like. We do appreciate those. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.